Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had today there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom, hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Dude, it's good to see you, man. It's been a while. It's been been a while. How you been doing, bro? I've been uh, moving around, traveling, uh, teaching, advocating, uh, posting stuff online that gets me blocked left, just like you do. So running around, this is the uh, life, you know? Heck yeah, man. Nah, I love it. Just uh, at the beginning of this thing, I'm going to, so check out y'all. This is what we're going to do. I got Ed Calderon, the infamous here, Protector Symposium 5.0 Elite Instructor Weaponology. If you don't know, you need to ask somebody, literally. You guys know I train like crazy, um, but this course still stands to be one of the courses I've ever taken that has made me more dangerous uh, as a human being, more well prepared for you know the the the, the uh, PC platforms uh, as a human being than any other course I've ever taken. Uh, very applicable to executive protection. We travel without our stuff. But before we get into that, I want to drop this quick video on Ed Calderon to give you guys a little bit of an intro uh, before we get crazy. Boom. Boom, Protection Symposium 5.0. Next up, we've got Ed Calderon, the infamous, right? Ed Calderon, background, he's been with a number of different protection agencies uh, in quasi-law enforcement agencies south of the border in one of the most sophisticated battlefields that the world has ever known up until this point, Mexico. So dealing with cartel violence and all the things that go on down there, um, it is one of the most active or active, I want to call it a war zone, active theaters that we face today with the most up-to-date and the quickest evolving battlefields that we do see in today's day and age. And Ed Calderon grew up in the midst of all of it, working as a professional protector and uh, doing protection operations. He's going to lay out for us a special course 
that I've gone through as well, which is a weaponology course. This course will make you, this is one of the courses I've taken that I think has made, can make a human being more dangerous than any other course you can take this year because it teaches you the creativity, the creativity uh, needed to be able to turn pretty much anything around you into a weapon. It helps you understand on a deep level how weapons work so you can understand on a deep level how to implement them and how to poof, create them. So if, no matter where you are, if you have the knowledge you get from this weaponology course, uh, you're going to be able to be dangerous if needed. And why is that important? Because the mission at the Protector Nation is to make the world a safer place by helping good people to become more willing, capable, prepared, said differently, help good people become more dangerous. And we've had Ed at a number of these events and he's always delivered on the highest, highest level. I'm honored to bring him back in the house for Protector Symposium. 5.0 boom. Boom, that's what's up, man. You're doing something, man. How was that intro? That's 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 a pretty good one. I almost believe my my own bullshit, you know. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And I love how humble you are, dude. No, it's an honor to have you up in this game, man. So um, I always like to and, and just so you guys know, we also have some real world videos. I want to just get Ed's take on them. Uh, some videos I took from your your uh, profile, bro. So you have seen them before. But I uh, want to just get his two cents on it, man. Because, um, you know, we're all about making this stuff applicable and all that. But um, first question I always like to, to, to ask, and me and Ed have been kicking it for a while. He was on like in the first season of, of, of Executive Protection Lifestyle back in the Dizzy. Um, and I always open with the same question because it's so important, you know, like, who are you at your core, man? Has that even, has that changed since the beginning of all this work? Like what, like three, four years ago when we first started kicking it? Um, I, I because we evolved, man, you know, yeah. so send it. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I started off as an instructor uh, coming to the United States, uh, realizing that the American dream is still there. Uh, I came, I came to this country without anything. Uh, from one of the most uh, interesting current uh, conflicts uh, going on in the world, you know. Yeah. Um, I think uh, one of the things that sh that's changed for me as a protector and kind of somebody that uh, has come out of it is I've, I've become a bit more of an advocate. I've been uh, doing a lot more appearances on news programs, uh, talking a little bit about a uh, on the ground perspective of what's going on on the border um, and. Uh, I've also been talking openly and extensively about some of my issues related to uh, sobriety and uh, becoming a bit more uh, open to talking about some of the issues that uh, that kind of live in the uh, periphery of a protector or somebody that works in this industry. Um, I'm pretty open about some of my struggles and some of the issues that I've had, uh, not only work in this field, but also suffering from some of the common maladies that uh, that plague this field, like uh, PTSD, some of the issues related to substance abuse, and uh, and just being a and just uh, being a face for some of these issues and showing people that uh, doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, or how bad as you think you can be. Uh, some of these issues put you on your knees, and nothing wrong with kind of dealing with some of these issues in the public and showing people that it's a normal thing and. Uh, it's uh, something we can get, uh, uh, you know, back on our feet from. Bruh. Bruh. 
That's what's up, man. See, y'all thought y'all be. Th- you see, this is the thing, man. This is the thing. There's all these people on the IGs and on the in- in- interwebs, and they be like kicking all this like perfect stuff, you know. And I've talked to a few of them, and they're like, "Man, I'm dealing with a little bit of imposter syndrome." And I'm like, "Dude, I think that's everyone tries to be perfect all the dang time, you know." And fortunately for me. I ain't never been that good at nothing. You know, I've always been the shortest guy on the protection detail. I'm 5'10", kind of chubby a little bit. Got Like, I've never been that cool. Like, I'm not a Navy SEAL. I, You know, I'm just an infantry Marine that did some deployments. Who cares? So I had to, like, build my brand on, like, I'm just going to be an eternal student and be authentic as heck on this thing. And some will dig it and some won't dig it. And so the people I choose are the people I get that frequency from, the real deal like people that are genuine, real people. So now I ask this opening question. We, you know, we talk about tactical stuff, but the reality is this is the underbelly of like the warrior's lifestyle that no one talks about because everyone wants to be perfect. This is the good stuff. Because because even for me, you know, I got back from Iraq, dealt with my own version of PTSD, which is a total addiction to uh, dope, my own dopamine, man. So I didn't get addicted to a substance, but like I was like thrill seeking, crazy, uh, traveling all over the world, doing drugs, doing EP, doing all the stuff like in spades. I'm a freaking Marine. I can freaking handle it. And I was highly op- I was highly functional. So, yeah. so that for a year. A, we, we, we can be highly functional until we can't. And uh we uh we are we're flying we're riding around these meat suits that we think are going to last forever and uh you know i grew up skateboarding i grew up uh jumping up and down on a stage with my punk band and thinking my knees were going to last forever yeah jumped out of a few planes later and then jumped out of a few suburbans and ran around and fell off a three-story building once all that shit kind of like uh starts accumulating and uh I get the I get the aspect of trying to figure out adrenaline. Uh, I left a job and uh, I left a job in a hurry. And uh, by the grace of God, I had uh, fellow protectors waiting for me stateside that uh, kind of set me up and helped me out uh, going through my process of being an American. Yeah, but uh, I had to live in a quiet uh, town somewhere in SoCal in the middle of an avocado orchard. And that's not what I was accustomed to. Uh, I was accustomed to uh, an MP5 and a G3 on the wall, uh, three radios going off, four cell phones, uh, running around in one of the most dig- dangerous cities on the planet, uh, ro- uh, ro- uh, rocking and gunning, uh, kicking doors down. That was that was my normal. And all of a sudden you're in this avocado orchard and you're trying to figure out how to create danger. Um and a lot of us find if if we can't uh, if we can't find the danger, we'll create it. And I think it uh, again going through my very public and uh, very hard process with sobriety and uh, and actually sharing some of the uh, the breakthroughs that I've had during my therapy sessions uh, with the general public uh, through my Instagram account. Um, yeah, it, well, you you want to talk about uh, vulnerability and uh, just being fair? Yeah, so there it is. Um, but yeah, trying trying to find a new baseline or a new normal after a life like that, and realizing that for some of us, so there's always a line of experience and the line of your body being able to withstand the experience, and some of us uh, and some of us already crossed that point 
and uh, trying to figure out where, you know, where that is for us now after after everything's said and done and trying to figure out what the new normal is. Uh, I think it, it, it's in a big way some of the stuff that I'm currently looking for and some of the stuff that I share with people on my Instagram account. Dude, that's super dope, super awesome. I think any and every uh, warrior listening, um, this is resonating at some level for sure. You get done, you feel like a freaking Lamborghini forced to drive in a school zone for the rest of your life. And you're being forced to be a vegetarian after just, you know, being a hunter. It's that's how I felt too, man. And I, you're hundred percent right. We create the danger. I was mad thrill seeky, like doing all the drug, like a lot of stuff. And then I ended up fortunately for me, by the grace of God could just sense the heat around the corner. I just was like, dude, I can't maintain this. Like, I mean, physically and mentally, I might even be able to, but my life, like something's going to happen. Like all the seeds I'm planting, all these decisions I'm making, like I can sense danger. And I, I, I had to leave and go to a different state and like reset all my relationships and my environment and everything. And I just instinctively was able to pull it off, fortunately, but we still lose two dozen veterans a day, dang near support, arguably. Um, what for you, for anyone listening that this resonates with, like, tools for climbing out of that darkness and learning how to find a new normal that's palatable enough for you not to die inside and take your life first off which we don't know that it even works yet <laughs> yeah i mean because we still you know first off, yeah, still, <laughs> yeah brutal brutal honesty yeah brutal honesty is the first one uh not only being able to be brutally honest yourself uh but also to be able to digest that honesty when it's being uh you know, put upon you. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people like to hide behind honesty. Like I'm an honest guy. I don't, I don't, I'm not into bullshit. And they use that as a defensive mechanism, as a shield, something to hide. Behind, you know, you know, I'm not, not Jocko Wilnick. I'm not going to wake up at tw- 10 in the morning, uh, that uh, fucking four in the morning and, and do kettlebells and fucking do all this shit. I'm not that. Um, yeah. uh, I'm not a, I'm not a cross country runner. I, I do shoot. I've shot a lot. I'm not an instructor to shoot, so I'm not going to be that guy going out there to shoot every day early. And, uh, but, uh, I am somebody that has some weird experiences. I think the, 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 the main part is that the, the main thing that gets sold to us as protectors or as warriors or as anything is that, uh, you know, you, you're, you're going to get better after every injury sustained. That's a lie. Um, some injuries don't heal. So you have to learn how to live with them. That's a lie. Uh, another lie is uh, the one we, we sometimes tell ourselves as far as emulation. We will see a Jocko Wilnick. We'll see a, we'll see a, like a high-level guy, individual, or athlete. Uh, and we see what they show us. And we mm-hmm. lie to ourselves in the aspect of, that guy has everything to. Uh, that guy has everything going for him. He has everything together. I just need to do what he's doing, and I'll be there. And it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we 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 all have different uh, different cards that we were dealt dealt with when we were born, and we have to kind of play those cards. There's so no number difference. one, I think the first thing is just to be brutally honest with what we have, what we're capable of, and be realistic as far as what we can uh, do with our current situation. Figure, figure, uh, the, the, but the first thing, you know, the first thing is you have to want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, a lot of us don't get there because we don't let go of the bottle. We don't let go of the joint or we don't let go of the whatever the, our substance is or, you know, 
other people because some of us uh, yeah. are addicted to that too. Good stuff, dude. No, I love it, man. Bop, 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 bop. Okay, so brutal honesty. I did a I did a presentation on masculinity last week for an awesome event called the Roger Up Event. Opening uh, masculine trait or uh, trait of high quality human beings was vulnerability is strength. You know, um, vulnerability is actually strength. It's beautiful. It's authentic. It, it resonates, especially in a world with so much fake crap. Awesome, man. Well, I think they got a lot of value out of that. This is the real stuff. Adds the real deal. Let's let's lean into this little uh, commercial I saw on your, not commercial. I know in you, it's got a lot of layers, a little bit of depth here. I want to. Uh, I just want to play this real quick so they can so they can get a little taste of what you guys are up to over there. Yo, bruh. So, like, it looked mad field crafty. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what you can even say about it on here, man, but, uh, what's going down in this video? What am I looking at? It's not though. It's not field crafty. It's, uh, it's, uh, Hong Kong protesters. It is, uh, Ukrainians filling styrofoam into bottles that they then fill with gasoline. It is, uh, it is, uh, kids that, uh, want to tag a sweet spot somewhere in LA that no, then, then can learn how to open up a padlock so they can get to it. Um, I I grew up in a place where good and bad or, you know, the good guys and the bad guys are really not, uh, it's not as easily defined. Mm. Uh, in the same regard, my teachers weren't always as easily defined as this is the instructor and this isn't your instructor. Um, I grew up uh, tagging in Mexico, Tijuana specifically, uh, and uh, played in a few bands, skateboarded, um, the street gave me a lot of lessons and among these lessons were that anybody can be a teacher at any time, um, from sitting down with some of the Hong Kong protesters and seeing what they decided to carry with them during those times, uh, advising them on some of the, <laughs> some of the ways you can weaponize every, everyday uh, objects and, and cause uh, some disruption with them. The video you just saw is uh, is uh, showcasing one of the hoodies we sell. It has a bunch of concealment pockets to it, and you know he was concealing everything from a candy bar to a to a burner phone. A lot of these things uh, may seem like some things out of a Jason Bourne movie or things that are relegated to the realities of somebody working some sort of clandestine operation somewhere or a uh, protector somewhere uh, that can't have access to firearms because of the legalities of the area there. Um, whatever, whatever, whatever assumptions you have about that, about the, the nature of the material that you just saw, it is very much taken from people of all, from every walk of life. Uh, people that, that have a desperate uh, need to be armed, people that have a desperate need to be prepared for a bad situation, and people that are not allowed to have with them the means to defend themselves. In a big way, 
a lot of what I have shared with the world and a lot of the mindset specifically that I, that I, that I uh, share with this world uh, through my social media and through some of the classes that I do and through some of the training that I do for the federal government is that of being armed always, not specifically just having weapons with you all the time, but having the mindset and ability to arm yourself anywhere you are. It is, it is my opinion that the ability the ability to defend yourself and that of your family and having the means to do so should be an internationally protected human right. Yes, uh, absolutely. Out of, out of all the things that I've said uh, uh, on, on, on some of the platforms that I've been on, that probably is one of the more controversial things that I've said. Living in a country that uh, talks about, uh, you know, gun registration and making guns illegal. Uh, I come from Mexico and there's places in Mexico that would, you know, they would they would sell everything they would they had for a gun to defend themselves. So I've been on both sides of that issue. People get alarmed when I show somebody how to arm yourself with everyday objects around you. They're like, why would you show that to somebody yet? Well, I always come back with the response that uh, if this is news or new to you, you need to get out more, and then you need to realize that whatever enemy you perceive to be out there that might want to do you harm. Yeah. This is something that he already knows or she. Yeah. Uh, And then make that assumption first. Yeah. And it's probably implemented once or twice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it is, it is, uh, what I, what I, when I I talk about weaponology, you know, number one, you're the weapon. You're the weapon. You're, 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 you're the weapon. When I say you're the weapon, I don't mean to say it in a cliche thing like, ah, yeah, I'm the weapon. All of these things are accessories. No, like uh, you are the most dangerous species on the planet for your own species. Like we like you want to talk about a predator. It's us. Right. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to be worried about a mountain lion coming into my house at night. You know, so once you realize this, you know, uh, other animals in the in the, in, in the you know, wild kingdom will prepare specifically for their predator. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Zebras hide amongst themselves. You know, they'll have stripes and they'll hide in a crowd. Uh, gazelles will, uh, will uh, focus on speed and kicks. Uh, mm-hmm. What do we focus on as humans? You know, Make it for funny. our predators. <laughs> uh if uh, we focus on becoming dangerous for our predators, we focus on being smarter than they are. We focus on cardio, not run them, maybe. Uh, we focus on having a, a weapon and or a superior weapon if we can't. And if we can't, to have a weapon of opportunity that we can produce in the moment where it has an advantage over members in the environment. Um, right. We start thinking about things in this way. And... A lot of people freak out with this way of thinking because they say it's predatory. It is. It is because we, you know, have a canine, you know, our eyes are forward. They're not to the sides of our head like a cow. Uh, We are very much predators. And it's something that in a lot of ways is being either blocked as far as uh, as far as the way some of us are being brought up. You know, they, they try and kill 
in uh oh. Uh, you know. Uh am I back? There we go. <laughs> when you said in a lot of am ways it's being the NSA blocked you from talking. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was the NSA. The, the second you said it's being blocked, they like, I think you're back. I think your stuff's caught up. It's funny. This is yeah. what the weaponology class you're going to get from Ed is all about it, the Protector Symposium 5.0, just so you guys know, being armed. Yeah. Um, anyway, go ahead. Predators. Mindset, creativity. Um, if you're surprised by some of the improvised weapons that I post up on my Instagram account, those are things that I that I see and I'm like, wow, that took that individual probably a few decades to learn how to do that. I replicate that experience in a matter of a few hours. Um, I got to go to school to a university that not a lot of people get to go to. Criminal, um, not just by fighting against some people that are very crafty and ingenious in the ways they can maim, hurt, or kill you. Uh, I got to sit down with some, have conversations, uh, share a cigarette, uh, writing down some of the things that they told me, video some of the, some other things that they actually showed me physically. Uh, basically, I sat down, you know, I have my combative training. I went through jujitsu, boxing, judo, Krav Maga, you name it, I've trained it uh, conventionally. Uh, but you have to realize that sitting down with an individual that can kill you with an ice pick by pulling down your hat over your face uh, and stabbing you in the heart and punching your wound three times so it bleeds out <laughs> bleeds out faster. You know, <laughs> that individual might not be a black belt and might not be there to share a whole tradition of stabbing fuckers in the heart with you, but he's there to show you something. And it's a pretty good idea to listen to some, what some of these people have to say as far as their mindset, how they pick their weapons, uh, how they manage distances. Um, main thing is this, uh, Byron. Yes, sir. You have a bunch of protectors out there and you want to teach them how to not, you know, get into an ambushing area or get out of it. If you find yourself in, a, in an ambush, it's not a successful ambush. Uh, exactly. If you're trying to train people not to get into it or what to do once they're in there, it's probably a very, very good idea to teach them how to be very good ambushers themselves. Uh, at least you can't teach the defense of something until you become it uh, in a big way. Um, a lot of a lot of my best teachers were all about that. They were all about knowing your enemy, knowing his sword, becoming your enemy. You know, be mindful of not, you know, going into em in into emulation. You know, you don't want to become a scumbag, you know, uh, but you do want to be able to reflect their activities, with their actions. Um, yeah. So being able to comprehend what you're looking at when somebody hides the knife inside of a baseball cap and stabs somebody in the neck with it. What is he doing? You know, what's the thought process of hiding a weapon before? What's the thought process of when he chooses to utilize that weapon? Knives, knives, knives get talked about a lot in the classes that I do, and specifically it's because it's hard to emulate uh, shooting somebody uh, without a UTM in, in, in some environments or improvising a gun or something to shoot, uh, but not so hard to improvise something that's uh, pointed or sharp. Um, it's not that I just exclusively teach about knife fighting. It is specifically that I use it as an example of something or a weapon that you can create, manufacture, conceal and use on somebody if the situation is 
you know, dire, basically. Yeah, no, I think that's that's awesome, man. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me was that principle of always being armed. Huge. You just don't know what situations you're going to be in. And we experience it as as EP guys, as professional protectors, when it's like, oh, we're going to this venue, no one's armed. Oh, we're going to this country, no one's armed. You know, oh, we're going to you, you, you feel that feeling. Oh, we're going to be on this flight. No one's armed, you know, that has conventional arming uh, uh, competencies. But the creativity of the enemy, the creativity of, and I don't even want to say the enemy, the creativity of the warrior, right? The values are different. The life experience is different. Uh, it's something I realized, you know, when the dust settled on some things in Iraq, and I'm staring at these guys and they're like, I'm like, well, you know, these are just people with different ideas and different upbringing. And the, the dehumanization of the enemy is just, it's stupid. But I think what, you know, the huge takeaways are the creativity of a warrior. You don't want to be married to your hardware. And, you know, your, your sword you carry around every day, don't let it be your only Excalibur. And a lot of us train a lot with a lot of awesome instructors who have awesome conventional backgrounds. But we don't get to train with someone who has this unconventional creativity. And I know it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. And that's, that's what we do in Iraq and in war, there was no options. You better know how your enemy thinks, or he's going to come from another angle and, and cause damage. Dude, this is awesome. Yeah. Yep. There's, there, there's a, there's a tendency to either, you know, you, you have, I'm the anti Roseman, I think, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not here to teach you how to be a sheepdog. I'm here to tell you you need to run with the coyote because those are the ones that are going to tear you apart. There's a tendency to to dehumanize or to separate ourselves from what we perceive to be an enemy. Right. Uh, and you get this in every and and, and uh, you get this in the military. You get this in the police as uh, security professionals. You get the us versus the public aspect of it as well. As soon as you dehumanize or you separate yourself from your enemy, you become blind to his capabilities. This is a true, yeah. one of those universal things. Um, Human, it's a protection strategy that humans use to deal with what it is they have to do. Yeah, and 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 also if you're somebody in charge, you wanna you wanna you wanna have your your fighters, you know, really just go after the enemy without having any sort of repercussion. That morally or religiously or whatever, you know, you turn them into monsters. But it has a, it has, a, it has two effects. One, yes, it'll make your, you know, your fighters go be able to not have those mental blocks as far as engaging an enemy. But it will make them blind to other aspects of the enemy and the ways that they, that the enemy might be communicating. It is fascinating to see low number enemy being able to get the better of a government you know mm -hmm. um hong kong protesters uh people in me uh the uh, in myanmar uh now going into printing firearms for themselves uh, to be able to fight the government cartel uh, organizations uh, having camera systems installed in the cities that they that they uh control and having the government like not realize that those those are there uh <laughs> Small, small uh, contingencies, uh, groups fighting larger groups. There's lessons there for, for everybody. And I think for specifically for the individual, yeah, we've, for the protectors, uh, for the yeah. international. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. It's like, who do you want to emulate? You want, do you want to emulate the military? Or do you want to emulate these small band of, you know, ragtag fighters that, uh, that can do a lot with what they have? I don't know. Yep. I, I, I think it's a good idea to learn from both. I have done training for the highest levels of the U.S. military um, and specifically related to uh, weaponology, basically showing them how to arm themselves in a gas station. And you would think that some of this knowledge base would be common in certain circles, specifically at the higher level. I'm talking about people that are specialized, so um, the, the high elite warriors out there. Uh, but then you, you know, you make a chemical bomb in front of them uh, using cleaning products and uh, some mason jars, and they look at you like, "Where the, yeah, where the hell did this come from?" So, just putting it out there. You you, you grab a, you grab a small jar, you fill it with uh, cleaning acid, put a lid on it, put it in a larger jar, fill that with chlorine, put that in a lid on it, and you have yourself a chemical grenade uh, that can clear a space if you are in a doorway and there's a lot of people there, that's a good crowd dispersal device. I constructed one of these in a class uh, somewhere in Arkansas, uh, teaching some very specialized individuals. Uh, they looked at it, they're like, holy shit, that's impressive, right? That's an impressive object you just made. Uh, is this part of some sort of special military training you guys got down there? What, did you learn this from the Mossad guys? Like, well, what is this? And I said, no, this is, I learned this in a prison riot. You know, they threw these at me during a prison riot. I looked at and them. They, I was like, that, they worked. Fucking ran. We ran for our fucking lives because we it's airway burning. And uh, I took notes. I took notes. I not only took notes, I experimented with it a little bit. And now I teach it as part of the curriculum that I teach a bunch of people out there, right? Um, and all it takes is a moment to just realize that some of these things are out there, collect them. And the mindset that created this object, this artifact, this constructed, improvised weapon of opportunity for a very specific need. Uh, there's a moment of learning there for everybody and everybody. First one, you know, you're not limited to the stuff that you have with you. That's a, that's a powerful one. Uh, second, you're you're never on art, you know. If, if you're not on, you know. And mm. uh, the CDC issued a warning about some of these chemicals that were mixed in those jars uh, during COVID, so you didn't mix your own chemicals. Basically, they basically put put out a uh, page from the anarchist cookbook <laughs> online uh, during yeah. COVID. If people want that. to get a kick out of it, you can look that up online. Uh, basically, don't mix these, or you'll create this mustard gas. It's pretty fascinating. Uh, but but main thing that 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 you know you get to thinking with all of these uh, ticks, tricks, tactics, experience-based learning is that uh, you can be armed anywhere realistically, and you can find your advantages if you look for them. Uh, which in the end, that's all this is. It's a way to stack the advantages and to stack the probabilities in your favor in yeah. places where normally they wouldn't be because you don't have the means. That you would like. Now, will a will a shank beat an AK forty seven? Uh depending. Yeah, that's true. It can. It depends. Uh, first off, does the individual with the AK know about the shank, mm -hmm. or will he find out about it uh, when it's uh, 
inside it's of it. going through his nasal cavity, right? I don't know. You know, um, is it worth knowing how to make one? I'd say yes. Every now and then I'll encounter the individual that'll say, Ed, really? A kitchen knife? I'll shoot you with my gun or I'll shoot you with my VR or whatever. Uh, all these people assume that they know that this object is in play. All these people assume that they will be able to tell or see intention in you before you use it. And if you've been into any of my classes or you've been through any of the training that I have, you'll realize that the first thing I show you how to do is to hide intention. So that eliminates that. Uh, the second thing I teach you is to, you know, figure out the object you're going to use and how and when you're going to use it. And usually the time, the, the the space and time you use it is when it's the objects, is when the object has an advantage over whatever weapon system might be in front of it, be it a rifle uh, or something else that might be there. Now, would you rather have an option or would you rather not have any? Right. And I think most of us would assume that we would probably go with the option, right? Wow. Now, if you have an option there, which is which is it going to be? You know, something that you saw work in a John Wick movie, you know, a karambit with three three knives on it and spike, <laughs> or a straight shank that you see in every single fucking prison right out there in the world that serves the purpose, you know? Just a straight object. Why would you go with something like this over something a bit more complicated? Well, well, usually some of these people have some experience behind their choices. And if I can bring students through the experience part of why they would pick something like this, uh, by showing videos of these objects being utilized on somebody, um, by showing some videos of a pig being stabbed with them, um, and by deconstructing why somebody would eventually end up with something like that in their hands. Um, this is weaponology. This is weaponology. Ah, yeah, that is the stuff, man. I love this. Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully y'all are just like soaking this up, man. This is weaponology. That was great, dude. I mean, I was like listening to part of the class real quick. This is what you guys are going to get when you come train with us at the Protector Symposium 5.0. Ed Calderon, along with I think six or seven other instructors, Ed, Raul Martinez, Instructor Zero, Kawa 2 Alpha, uh, the Sawman, Craig Sawyer, me. We're all going to be doing a big training. It's going to be over the weekend, September 16th, 17th, 18th. That's like next weekend. Don't miss it. You guys will be able to train hands-on. You'll be able to train. And then we're also going to have the ta uh, protective driving course where from the league, my executive protection school, where we're going to be making contacts, pitting you guys. You guys are going to learn how to pit, ram barricades. It's uh, full circle. But also, real quick, let's look at a few of these scenarios, man. I want to get your take on this stuff. So good. Let's see uh, what you think about this one. I'd rather be with you and all your 
I'm having a good time over here. But what are you seeing happen here, man? What's going down in Chinatown? What's your uh, what's your take on this? I mean, anybody. First off, he has absolutely no environmental awareness at all. You, you see him looking far away when he be, should be looking close by. Specifically, he should be looking at the fact that he is being, you know, looked at. <laughs> being. Oh, I think we lost you. Looked at or surveilled. He has eyes on him. Uh, he should be realizing that there's the concentrated group of predators around him. Uh, their age group is the same. Um, there is the chest and or above their waist, which means that their hands are ready to do shit, which is something that I would be aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, faces will faces will smile, eyes will wink, hands will kill the fuck out of you. Um, <laughs> He is he is carrying a, a means of wealth or a, a, a vindication of wealth in the form of a gold chain in this concert, which is very stupid to do. Basically attracting attention to himself as a resource. But basically, this guy's a this guy's a gazelle with a with a with a stake on its neck going off into a watering hole. And all these motherfuckers are sharks uh, are, are uh, crocodiles trying to eat them. Um, he fucked up. <laughs> he did his math he did his math as far as uh if he's gonna go back to get his chain and there's probably five or six individuals that are a part of this group that are just snatching chains so there's no way you're gonna be able to fight anything back and you can see the line of people that are involved in this yep yeah so is it worth the, is it gonna be worth fighting five guys to get this chain back probably not it wasn't worth taking the chain with you and now there's a female involved that is in the middle of this guy and these predators. That guy as a protector is a fool. He should have that female behind him. But that is just the Mexican in me, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. Get your people behind you. And educate them ahead of time so you don't have to drop the hammer on. Like <laughs> Educate them ahead of time so they know where they need to stand if you have to do your thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, this is good, man. Back that was a into the, back into the left. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Back into the left. I love it, man. Yo, we got another one here. Let's see what you think about this one. One more time. This was this morning. Can I move? Gotta get out of the way. Gotta get out of the way. You gotta move. I gotta go to work. I know. I'm at work already. Oh, I see. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about Thumbs it. Thumbs up. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, oh, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hmm. What do you thought, uh, man? Mr. It's okay guy. Before this happens, he, he tries to get into her car. If she had made, if this guy had made it into that car, it's a fight to get him out of the car. Um, her as a female, uh, I don't know if she, I don't I, I don't know anything about her, but I, I I can assume that it's not a pretty it's not going to be a good idea to get that person in your car. Uh, this per person is probably somebody that has a lot of mental issues going on. I'm not saying she's justified in running him over if this guy is just, 
car like that there's no way that uh, turn example of something could turn pretty bad really quickly um yes it's a person that is obviously off, uh, suffering from some mental issues maybe substance issues as well uh but you this could quickly turn into a bad situation and it could turn violent if uh if this guy individual is placed in a situation where her she has to go hands-on with him. uh in a confined space like that vehicle, uh, we can talk to Craig Douglas about this. In a confined space like that vehicle, that is a that is going to be a lot of advantages for that that uh, individual male that is not uh, seat that doesn't have a seatbelt on. Um, so there's a lot of lessons here. Yeah. Uh, first off, you're you're do your own security. Um, if you're driving around like this, do your own security. Check your rearview mirrors before you get into the car. Check that the car is locked as you drive. That's one issue that a lot of vehicles sometimes have the, uh, you have to be very conscientious about closing the doors as you drive around. Be very mindful of the people around your space. Uh, and if you're a female and you get somebody trying to open up the door in your car, there is not a lot of police officers out there that won't realize that you were trying to escape an active danger if you run that light safely but if you run that light the thing is that not a lot of, a lot of us have been into that in that position uh or not a lot of maybe maybe she hasn't never been in that position before this is where training comes into play because you get to manage some of these unknown aspects of, or threats in a training scenario and then if they come to you in a live scenario like this one you know what to do this guy is uh an unknown he is obviously deranged there's some shit going on in his head uh is not being violent He's just being very stubborn. But if he goes into a car, that's going to turn into something else. Yep. And then we get into the hard skills, right? So yeah. I mean, yeah. what do you have in there? Do you have bear mace? Is that bear mace going to do you a, a service or a disservice? In there? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, what's what's your, your number? From your, yeah, from, your what, from your little class? Yeah. What's it? What's your what's your number one weapon there? I mean, you're basically driving around a giant projectile, um, but he is not a threat in front of you. Uh, in front of the hood is not a threat, but when he's in your car, he's a threat. Means it's he's negating the use of your vehicle as a weapon if he gets in. So what do you have in your car that's going to do anything in this situation? A handgun, um, a pointed object, you know. Uh, like, what do you have? <clears throat> have you yeah, what do you have? Not only what do you have, but what do you have on hand? You know? mm -hmm. I love it, man. Have you thought through this trash before, right? Solid weaponology. Real quick, I'm going to rip this uh, Protector Symposium preview so everyone can see the value they're going to get. You guys are going to get to train with Ed, but you're also going to get to train with the whole crew this weekend coming up. Then we'll come back to Ed and we will close this bad boy out. Protector Symposium 5.0 is coming at you. What is the Protector Symposium? It's a legendary event. This is our fifth iteration. We've had anywhere from 200 to 475 people at these events learning elite protection skills, no matter what your background is, whether you're law enforcement, whether you're a professional protector, private security, whether you're a civilian, a single mom, an athlete or a barista at Starbucks, Protection is the one skill that will allow you to keep everything that you know and love 
in your life, come join us for a legendary event, a groundbreaking event, a legendary event that's different than anything else you've probably ever been to and learn the skills of protection, the soft skills. On Friday, we will be in the auditorium and you will learn from six amazing instructors. And then Saturday and Sunday, you will be put in a group and you will wagon wheel through all of the instructors, the hard skills around the following competencies. The infamous Craig Sawman Sawyer is going to be in the house and he's going to be laying down some wisdom about what it takes to be a modern protector. Uh, he's got an amazing background, Navy SEAL, SEAL Team 6, sniper. He's got expertise in shooting, surveillance detection, anti-terror task force operations, pretty much you name it. He's been doing it for decades. Some of you guys might recognize him from a few TV shows, uh, Sniper, Deadliest Missions. Uh, he's been on all the seasons of Top Shot, uh, Rhino Wars. He's been in the community and out in the field, really living the life of a warrior. He's been a lifelong warrior of many different disciplines. Next up, we've got Raul Martinez, who's gonna teach you the art of being able to implement, regain control of your firearm in the clinch. Do you know how to actually pull that weapon and implement it in close range? Can you get it back if something happens to it? Unfortunately, all too often, CCW owners pull their weapons or police officers on duty, they pull their weapons and they get attacked and they don't know how to deal with it. Roland's gonna teach you how to do that. Next up, we've got Ed Calderon, the infamous, who's gonna teach weaponology, which is one of my favorite courses because I believe this course is maybe more dangerous than 90% of the courses that I have taken over my professional career. You're gonna learn the ology behind weapons. You're going to be able to make anything into a weapon after you understand and have gone through this class, which will also consequentially help you become better at implementing weapons most effectively. You will never be without a weapon after this course because this is the ultimate weapon. It's an amazing course. Next up, we've got Kawa 2 Alpha 2 Quit, who is a Green Beret who's been teaching elite fighting forces the art of close quarters movement, close quarters battle. How to fight with a gun inside of a building, inside of a structure. This is something that we all, this is a space we all exist in all of the time. What if someone goes active in your building? Can you evacuate that? Can you evacuate that structure effectively with your CCW? What if you're the one who has to go find them? What if you're a police officer on duty and you need to go into a structure to save lives? Can you navigate that environment? A professional protector like myself in the private security industry and something happens in the building, you're in the building with your client. Can you navigate one of the most sophisticated environments to navigate when the possibility of a gunfight is real? Last but definitely not least, we've got the infamous instructor zero coming to us from over the pond it's an honor to bring him in i've been wanting to train with him for a long time he's gonna be teaching us how to fight around vehicles where do 80 percent of force encounters take place they take place in transitional spaces on your way from your office to your car on your way from your car to your house at the gas station watch my tactical protection reviews and you will see that 80 percent of those vehicles are outside around vehicles so do you know how to make your vehicle into an asset when it comes time to fight. That's what we're going into. One full day in the auditorium, two full days out at the field, learning the soft skills with some of the best in the world, and then learning the hard skills and putting them in place with some of the best instructors in the world. This is the Protector Symposium 5.0 from Protector Nation coming at you. This is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. I can't wait to see you out there and train together. Out.
bump back up in it to win it. <laughs> this conversation has been awesome. It's been brief. Uh, hanging with Ed Calderon, one of our elite instructors for this upcoming Protector Symposium, letting people taste the magic, man. Um, and I hope you guys will train with us, protectorsymposium.com. It'll be good to shake so many of your hands. Thanks for the comments, you guys. Tommy Slob, 100%. You got to think like the enemy, especially when it comes to surveillance, you know. Um, seeing you guys on here, Vince, PJ, all the great stuff you guys are contributing in the comments. Much appreciated. Just and uh, unfortunately, no GI Bill on this one, but we got some stuff coming up GI Bill for my EP school. So pay attention to that. It's going down September 16th, 17th, 18th, coming in hot, Tucson, Arizona. So, Ed, um, my final question I got two more for you, and we'll close because we both got to bounce. Um, at the end of the day, the stuff you've been doing, the work you've been doing, what's it all for? How do you want to be remembered in the game? Easy. Uh, it's easy. Disruptive. I want to be disruptive. I want to be remembered as remembered as this disruptive dude that came on the scene and made kitchen knives viable as a weapon, uh, made WD-40 cans and pocket flamethrowers a thing, somebody that just changed the game. Uh, yeah, I I remember being a student myself and walking into some of the same type of classrooms that some of your you guys are going to be walking into in a couple of weeks uh, and being on the student side and seeing my instructor. I, you know, I went through a bunch of crazy shit and I got to do some of the craziest shit that people of my age have, you know, have done in the recent history. Some very crazy shit. And I survived it. I wanted to make that experience worth what it was. And I think if I can moment for people that. Yeah, man, make that experience worth what you paid for it, man. And then contribute, pay it forward, be disruptive. I know that's one of the reasons we get along so well, man, because <laughs> I'm the same way. Disruptive contributions, man, from unique experience. You, it's, it's a beautiful thing and it can't be matched. And I think it's what guys like us, you know, are here for, you know, like your experience is so unique. Like you got to contribute from that place. And it's also what I want to inspire people to do. There's so many people watching us all the time that have so much to give, but they just, you know, maybe don't get on the path. So ladies and gentlemen, Ed Calderon, Protector Symposium 5.0 Elite Instructor. Brother, it's been an honor, man, spending this time with you. Yeah. All right, y'all. Come train with us, protectorsymposium.com. And um, yeah, man, thank you. It's an honor and a privilege, brother. See you in a few days, man. Boom. This is my MCK. There are many like it, but this one is mine. If you've got a firearm sitting around, a pistol that you are not doing anything with, get an MCK. They make them for every single model. If you want uh, micro conversion kit that will turn your handgun into a force multiplier. Get one, man. They are ultra affordable. CAA MCK micro conversion kits are the changing the game, y'all. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. Get one. Your women, children, people that are less physically potent will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. You will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. I wanna get one of these into the hands of 100,000 more protectors this year because ultimately we are only as good as 
the things, the nation is only as good as its protection. Your home is only as safe and as good as your ability to protect it. MCK, go get one. Drop your handgun in, take it to the next level. Out. Boom. Boom. Yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, You'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, Anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, That helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.